0: our intuition is a great indicator of that feeling of hmm there's something else here always follow that don't follow trends as much as following what your intuition and your gut is telling you that's a sweet spot always
1: Welcome to Let It Out. That's what you're listening to. My name is Katie Dilbout. I recorded this conversation that you're about to listen to at my apartment a couple weeks ago with a new friend of mine, Kat, who you'll learn all about in this week's episode. We met at The Wing, this all-women co-working space that I belong to and work out of here in New York. If you follow me on social media, you've probably seen me there a bunch, but Kat is a very cool millennial dedicated to the social well-being of her fellow millennials. And she does this through her podcast Chats with Cat, which is great. She's also working on a second podcast about Afro-Latina culture, which we get into in this episode. And we talk about how she's embraced her natural hair and that Helped her feel more authentic, something that I can definitely relate to in my own way. We talked about the balance between creating and consuming social media. We talked about creating IRL relationships in this age of a lot of internet relationships and the best and worst qualities of millennials. We, of course, talk about body image. And this conversation covers creativity and depth and specifically making things that you're proud of while also supporting yourself through a full-time job and finding that balance, which is something that I personally know A thing or two about and have done and actually for the last six years I've mentioned this I think in the middle of episodes here and there but for the past six years I've had a full-time job and I recently gave my notice to that job and I will be done working that at the end of this month and I'm excited and terrified at the same time for all the newness that's going to bring into my life And I'm excited to share about it with you in real time on this podcast. I am still going to be highlighting the work of other people like Kat and working to make this podcast more diverse and inclusive and better quality. So please stick around and send me your feedback. Let me know, subscribe, leave a review, tell me what you want more of. The Listener Secret Facebook group is a great place to do that. And yeah, I'm going to just leave it at that for right now. I will talk to you after this episode. Enjoy my conversation with Kat. One more thing before we get into this week's episode. I thought I would share one of the most recent reviews that we got this week of the podcast. Because if you're new to the podcast, it will give you an idea of what I do here every week. So this comes from... H tiefs and they write, I admittedly don't listen to too many podcasts. Most can't keep my attention. Let it out is the exception. I absolutely love Katie's format. It's long, raw and authentic and so good. The length of the podcast, in addition to the content, of course, is what keeps me listening. It's such a differentiator. Can't recommend this enough. That's very cool and very nice. Thank you so much. I have been thinking a lot lately about The podcast, about the format, about how I want to make sure I'm evolving as a human and evolving my work, including this podcast, and making it better, making it higher quality. And the length of it is something that I've been thinking quite a lot about. If you want shorter episodes, if you want longer episodes, I want to provide more variety because funnily enough, I've read All of my reviews and I found that there are people who give me negative feedback about the length of the episodes and then there are people like the one I just read who love the long length of the episode. So I don't know, you know, I guess you can't please everyone, even myself. So I'm going to just keep doing what I'm doing, which means some episodes might be longer than others. And hopefully when I start to have more time and bandwidth, I can create different content on this platform, which means maybe more than one host, maybe just me in an episode, maybe short bite-sized pieces of an episode. Maybe I'll split episodes up, but let me know your feedback. And now I want to tell you about some brands that I really love and then get to this episode. Today's episode is brought to you in part by a vitamin supplement company that I love. And if you've been listening for a while, you've heard me talk about Care-of Vitamins. What is Care-of? They are a monthly subscription vitamin service made from effective quality ingredients personally tailored to your exact needs. It's easy. It's fun. You go to their website. You take a quiz about your health goals, your lifestyle choices, what you're eating, how often you're going to the bathroom. It only takes about five minutes and then you can find out what supplements you need specifically. 90% of people fall short of the FDA's requirements for vitamins and nutrients and the care of quiz helps you to discover where you might have lack where you might need to fill some of those gaps to reach your health goals. And what's great about them is that they're so convenient. They're personalized. They say your name, which I still to this day find adorable. They come right to your door. So I know for me before I was using Care-of, I would run out of one supplement and then just forget to rebuy it. These are really easy when you're traveling. They're easy to remember to take these daily packs and throw them in your bag, throw them in your suitcase, and you'll never miss a dose. What's great about them is that they have a portion of everything go to the Good Foundation, which provides expectant mothers and mothers in need with valuable prenatal vitamins. I love that you can track your progress with the Care of app, which is something new, and earn rewards as a member for taking your vitamins. They also have a brand new nutrient packed. Delicious quick stick powder that you can add to your monthly delivery, and it will be that extra boost of energy whenever you need it. Very cool. And again, I love using them, I love tossing them in my bags, and I think you'll probably love them too. So, for 25% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins, visit takecareof.com and enter the code Katie at checkout, that's K-A-T-I-E, my name. So again, to get your 25% off your first month of personalized Care-of vitamins, visit takecareof.com and enter the code Katie at checkout. The link will be in the show notes. Thank you Care-of, and thank you for supporting the sponsors. At the Let It Out podcast, we love a company called Organifi. They are a superfood company that makes the greatest products. (laughs) They have a green juice product that has all of the organic superfoods that you would have in a green juice, but you can get it on the go and it's super cost effective, actually ends up being about $2 to $3 per juice and has 11 superfoods blended right into it, all the vitamins and nutrients that you need. They also have a gold product that I love that's like a nice anti-inflammatory turmeric situation that I love having at night. I mix mine with coconut milk or macadamia nut milk. I add some cinnamon, some ginger. It's a delight and it has so many stress relieving benefits and I think it helps me sleep better. But the star of the show for me with Organifi is their probiotics. I've been taking them for my digestive health and they've been Doing the job, if you know what I mean. They have 10 potent strains of probiotics and they're easy to take in their capsule, and they use the highest quality ingredients, no fillers, no melt cultures, and they're really great. I love them. Again, that's Organifi with an I, -I -I O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And you know, if you want to try them out, you might as well use the code, let it out. That gets you 20% off your order. Again, that's the code, let it out. And the link will be in the show notes to get your 20% off your order. Thanks Organifi. So excited to have you on the podcast. So let's start at the beginning. You grew up in Miami. What were you like as a kid? What did you want to be when you grew up? What was growing up in Miami like? Brothers and sisters, tell me everything. Mm. So,
0: growing up in Miami, well, I grew up in the suburbs. So, like, I didn't live on the beach or anything. I lived in Kendall, which is just, you know, regular suburban kind of area of Miami. So, Up until probably the age of like 21, I was kind of secluded. Like my mom was pretty strict. So I, you know, couldn't go out and do all the things. And I was just like at home watching videos on YouTube and like, I don't know, being a teenager and I have a little sister. So we were just always at home, like watching movies and just being pretty chill and low key. And then once I like hit the age of 21, once I got to college, well, once I got to college, I was 18. But where'd you go to school? FIU, Florida yeah. International University. So once I got to college, I was just like, hey, like this is cool, but I I went to school in Miami so I was commuting, so I was still at home and it was like an interesting transition because I was still living with my parents and it was like, oh, like you're not you know, you're not an adult yet. You're still a kid. So it's like a super weird thing. But then once I got older, I started to go out and stuff. And like, there was a lot of really cool parties and there was a lot of Caribbean things going on. So I'm Dominican and I really immersed myself in like Caribbean culture in Miami, which was super cool. And I enjoyed Miami up until I left. That's that's pretty safe to say. Was Dominican culture
1: part of your life when you were younger? Or it sounds like you got into it when you were in college a little bit older
0: well so I used to come to New York all the time to visit my family like during the summers so families from yeah so like I was born here and then I moved when I was five so I was raised in Miami okay and then I would come to visit my grandma over the summers where I'd go to DR over the summers so like I never had the option to not be yeah. immersed in the culture but where I lived in Miami there weren't that many Dominicans and to get to the area where the dominicans were you have to drive Mm -hmm. very far so i couldn't get there yeah so i grew up around a lot of cubans and when i would come visit during the summers that's when i was like really immersed in it and everybody around me was dominican and that was really refreshing because i felt like i belonged in a lot of ways i didn't feel like i belonged when i was in school and stuff like that so you're the oldest
1: then you have a younger sister yeah and just the two of you yeah so are you guys close? What was um, your dynamic? Are you like typical older sister? I'm eight
0: years older than her. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's like, I was like kind of her second mom. Yeah. She's really cool. She's 17. She's kind of going through that phase where it's like, she's transitioning from being a kid to a young adult and she's just trying to figure it out. And it's like really interesting to witness all of it because she's about to become a senior in high school. And I'm like just watching her try to make sense of what's going on. And It's just like, I feel like a parent. I feel like a parent watching their kid go off for the first time and trying to give them the distance that they are craving that they want because obviously, like, when you're a kid, everybody's on top of you. And as you're getting older, you just kind of want to be left alone and you want to be able to figure it out and make decisions. So we're really close. We're really,
1: really close. What a cool role model and person to have in her life then with everything that you talk about in your podcast and Mm -hmm. everything that you do if I had that information when I was 17 from someone that I looked up to and respected and knew and like knew me well, that's like, has to be
0: really special. What does she think of what you're doing? So I don't know if she actually listens to the podcast. It's funny. She's also at that age where it's like, I send her books and I'm like, Hey, you need to read this. Hey, listen to this yeah. podcast. Hey, watch this video. And she doesn't watch it. I'm just right. like, hello, I'm giving you all of like the, the life hacks. Please go listen to this. And I, Maybe she does and she just doesn't tell me, Yeah, but she's definitely supportive in like her own way. Like she'll just like share it on her Instagram, like an episode or something. I'm like, oh, how did you know that there was a new episode? Or she'll like months later tell me like, oh, I read that book you sent me last year. You know, yeah. I loved it. And I'm like, okay. So it's just like at her own pace. Yeah, She's digesting it all when she's ready, which yeah. I have to respect. Yeah. But I would like to think that I'm like trying to parse out, you know, the hard parts so that she, I can just give her the hacks and she doesn't have to go through any of the the things that I went through. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know how that works. What about your parents and the rest of your family? What do they think of your work? Are you are you close with them? You moved to New York a year ago. So what was that like? So I I have to say being first generation and like coming from a family that sacrificed a lot to come here. I think for them, they would feel more comfortable if I had a more secure life in terms of like my ambitions being something that's more tangible, like working for a firm or organizations that are already established as opposed to trying to do something on my own. Mm-hmm. Because unfortunately my family didn't grow up with a lot. So I think they just don't want to see me struggle and they just rather see me like get into someplace and just like, work my way up and make money there, but I'm taking a lot of risks and they support me in their own ways, but I know that it's going to have to be one of those things where I'll have to just show them what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And once they see the final product or, you know, years later, they'll see like whatever it becomes and they'll just be like, Oh, like, this is the idea that she had that we didn't really understand when she was talking about it, but they definitely, you know, are supporting me in their own ways. But yeah, it's one of those things where, like, nobody in my family has ever done this. Right. So I'm just trying to show them what it's yeah. like.
1: I think it's a generational thing, too. You know, like, my parents don't really understand, you know, they've both worked a job for 30 years and the same job. And that was just what they did. And I think parents first want us to be safe and then mm-hmm. happy. Yeah. And I get that. But we, kind of can't live that way or we're living or we become resentful and sad and then change direction. I don't know. How did you explain podcasting to them? I, I think like they still don't really fully understand like it's like what you said and I heard Tim Ferriss talk about this once and he was answering a question of of someone who listened to his podcast who was starting something new and was like, I'm the biggest thing I'm scared about is what people will think and he kind of distilled it down even further and he's like, really, it's not what people will think. It's what my family will think. And Tim Ferriss was like, honestly, you're going to just have to do it. And when they see the results of what you've done and you can give them some successes or some tangible things or some structure that you can explain to them, then they'll kind of understand. And so for me, like when my book came out, that was kind of like, she was like, oh, okay, this like funny thing you do on the side, like I can see that in Barnes and Noble, so she like sort of got that, but I think she like still doesn't really understand what a podcast. Well, I don't know. Maybe she knows a little bit about what a podcast is, but it's it's so like my mom has asked me in the past like four months since I've decided to leave my job how I'm going to get health insurance at least. Mm, 27 times <laughs> like, and like people do it every day like yeah. not everybody gets health insurance through their job like they it's possible but she's just never had to do it and right. it was the same thing when I moved to New York I'm from a really small town in the Midwest she just was like how do you find you how are you gonna pay to live there How are you gonna do the subway how, and like I didn't really know either but I figured it out what about you like moving here you obviously have family here but your mom is still in in Miami? Yeah, my mom, my dad, and
0: my sister are still in Miami. So what was that move like for you and was that scary? Was it scary for them? Well, I think it was comforting for them to know I was moving in with my grandma when I first when I first got here. So like it wasn't as hard as it is for a lot of people mm-hmm. when they move here with nobody. Yeah. It's so like I had my grandma, I have some of my aunts here, but it was still different because obviously I am in a new city because I mean, I was coming here as a teenager and I was spending months here, but I was never living here. I Mm -hmm. wasn't trying to build my life here. I I wasn't looking for friends because when I came to visit my family, I was just with my family. And now I'm like in my mid twenties. I'm trying to like make something of my life. I'm trying to establish myself and what I'm looking for is completely different. So I definitely went through a phase of doubting my decision because it's so hard to make sense of things when you first get here. It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. like, how do I get from point A to point B? Like, what's the area that I want to hang out in? And I work remotely. So I was just, like, working out of the house all the time. Mm -hmm. And it was the middle of the winter when, like, everything kind of peaked. And I just had nobody to really talk to. And I was just like, wow, I, I don't think I made the right decision. You know, I miss the heat. I miss the sun. I miss, like, being in my shorts. And everybody seems so mean here. And... And then I realized, well, actually, it's a front. Most people here are actually pretty nice. You just have to, like, kind of get through the first layer. You have to put yourself out there. And once I started to do that, which joining the wing was definitely Mm -hmm. a big help, everything changed. So July 4th was, like, one year since Mm I moved. And when I think back on the past year, I'm just like, it's insane how quickly things have evolved. Yeah. So you hadn't started your podcast before moving here. So what does a typical day look like? What are
1: you working on? How do you handle all of your different projects?
0: So I'm still trying to make sense of how I schedule all these things because there's one thing about New York that I know most people know. It's that once you get here, there's like a creative energy and there's always people. There are always people doing something that will inspire you to do something. So within a few months of moving here, I was like, oh, I'm going to start a podcast. And then a few months later, I'm like, oh, I'm going to start a second podcast. So I'm in, I'm producing a second show. And then now I'm creating a a community based organization here. And I'm just like, okay, these are all great things, but there's like only like a set amount of hours per day. And I still have a nine to five job. And that obviously takes away time Mm -hmm. from being able to fully immerse myself in my creative projects. So, I'm still trying to figure out like how I'm supposed to structure this, yeah. Because I'm still, I still like, I uh, I feel like I'm still at the very beginning of everything. It's like the seeds are just planted and yeah. it's starting to blossom now. And I'm like, okay, now that we're here, like, how do I do this? You know? Yeah. Somebody told me about New York that it's a really
1: great place to be when you're starting something, and I found that things move very quickly here, which is great. You can have. I can some days have like six or seven meetings in a day where that's just not really possible in LA or in Miami or in other places because people are more spread out. And I think that's great. But at the same time, it's distracting from creativity and from a lot of other Time for me, I need a lot of alone time to make things and I a lot of structure to make things. But I also want to say yes to everything and go to the networking things and do the podcasts and go to the event and have a social life outside of that and have some self-care outside of that. And it's a lot. And I've been thinking about that in the past, just most recently in like the past few weeks of, is New York good for me? And if it's not, how do I make it work for me? And how do I make it nourishing for me? And how do I structure my life to feel like I am have time and space to create and have the alone time I need to recharge and then also enjoy the city that it's costly to be in?
0: Yeah. How do you feel about that balance? Well, so I will say that the summer makes a huge difference mm-hmm. because— it's always so cold here and you know, it's dark when the summer comes around, everybody just wants to be out and is inviting you to a ton of different things. I've actually been thinking about that recently too. I'm like, why is it that every single weekend I feel like I can't just sit down and think about something. It's like running from one place to the next. And, So I actually have a different appreciation for the winter now because I think the winter is like the time where we're introspective, when we're creating, when we're, you know, taking that time out to be alone and giving ourselves that uh, that space to like bring these things to life. So that's one thing that I will say is that the summer is distracting because everybody just wants to be social and make up for all the lonely time. But I think that we definitely have to be more mindful of the fact that New York is also just a place where there is a lot of things just at our disposal and a lot of things that are calling our attention all the time, which is great. And that's why a lot of things blossom so quickly, but it's also not sustainable to say yes to everything and to think that you have to be everywhere because you don't, you have to be really mindful of like what is actually in service of what I need right now. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, do I feel like I need to interact with people? Okay, yes, then this week I'm going to go to this event. Or do I feel more so like I am guilty of not giving this project enough time and every time I sit down, I know I should be working on that thing instead and I'm not. So like just kind of checking in and meditating and journaling, I think also helps a lot with just understanding like where your head is at at that moment and just not allowing the city to dictate what your schedule is and what you are going to do. Like you have to be in control of what you're gonna make of all of this. Because if you just let the city take you, I mean, you'll end up in places that probably are not the best. So I think it's just like being mindful. Yeah,
1: yeah, I love all of that. I, people used to ask me this question a lot and I didn't really love it, but I'm going to be asking you. (laughs) You have a full-time job and you do so much on the side. How do you do it? What is your full-time job? Did you say you get to work remotely for that?
0: Yeah. So that helps a lot. I, mm-hmm. that was my situation as well. Yeah. It helps a lot. I'm, I'm working for an alcohol importer based out of Miami. So I do compliance work for them. So just like legal things, which have nothing to do with my passion projects. It's like not related at all. Which is kind
1: of nice to have that.
0: It is. It is. Cause I get that break. And, you know, I think for me, I'm one of those people that I need stability in some area. So like I need to have that balance of like, stability and chaos, right? So my nine to five job allows me to pay my bills and I never have to worry about my rent being late or something. Whereas my creative projects and my creative endeavors allow me to be a little bit more chaotic and like take more risks and do all of that because I know that's not what's paying my bills but eventually I hope that they will. The goal is to eventually have all my time go into all my projects, but that takes time and you have to be patient and you have to like tend to it. And I don't want to rush it for that reason. I don't want to put so much pressure on it that it no longer is that beautiful thing that I wanted it to be. Gary Vaynerchuk does a really good job at just saying like, hey, it's okay to work a nine to five job, but there's hours after that. Like you have to just tap into it right after And that's the mentality I've kind of taken and embraced is just like, okay, logging off at five, give myself like half an hour now onto the things that I care about Mm -hmm. and then go to sleep when I can. Some days I don't sleep that much and some days I do. But to me, when I look back, I'm like, well, that's a great use of my time. Yeah. I'm
1: so happy to be talking about this topic because I think a lot of people who have side projects... Just talk about the side projects and that's what I've done for years This is very new that i'm gonna not be having my full-time job But it took me six years to to not do that and who knows maybe i'll get another full-time job eventually who knows, but I, have you ever read the book Big Magic? Yeah. yeah.
0: Elizabeth Gilbert.
1: Same. And before that book came out I was kind of cagey about my full-time job. Like I never really wanted to talk about it. It wasn't really that I was embarrassed about it but it was just kind of like I didn't find it that interesting because it wasn't my thing. Yeah. And then she talks about in that book how she had a job on the side of writing until Eat, Pray, Love came out which was a humongous hit and Julia Roberts played her in the movie. Yeah. And... I heard that and I was like, ah, oh, it was like this big sigh of relief where I was like, oh, great. I don't have to, like you said, put the pressure on the work to make me money. I can be creative with it. And that is perfect.
0: Yeah. I think there's a, I think there's a lot of shame in that. It's as if we're supposed to all of a sudden make a lot of money based off of these projects. And it's just like not realistic. Mm-hmm. And I think the more we talk about the fact that, hey, life does cost money and we have to do what we have to do in the meantime, we allow people or at least give some permission to people who need it that it's like, okay, I don't have to be shameful of the fact that my photography or my podcast or whatever, is not making me money right now because I have to work on it. You totally. Know? I remember
1: I was like, well, I'm not a real writer if I'm not making my money from it yeah. or I'm not a real podcaster. No. Like, and I would always diminish myself when I would, I remember when I was first dating my boyfriend and I was meeting some of his friends and he introduced me and they were like, oh, what do you do? And I was like, I said my full-time job, I was like, I work in marketing. Mm -hmm. And then he would like look to me and he's like, and? Yes. And? Yes. And? And I was like, and the way I said it was like, oh, I have this little, I have this little podcast I do Mm -hmm. on the side. It's dumb. Like, I wrote something, whatever. (laughs) Like, I was, (laughs) <laughs> so like silly about it and well before i was leaving my job i was like i'm going to lead with that i'm going to yes. lead with the fact that like i'm a writer and i have a podcast that's what i want to be doing so somebody told me that once of like lead with the thing you want to be doing because it doesn't really matter the question of what asking people what they do is kind of played
0: anyway and it's better to get to know each other as people yeah absolutely it's funny that's exactly what my boyfriend pointed out at me i would be amongst his friends and they'd be like, Oh, like, what are you up to? Like, what do you do? And I tell them what I do for, you know, work for my nine to five job. And then my boyfriend would look at me and say, well, what else do you do? Like, tell them about your podcast and tell them about what you write. I'm like, well, I'm not really making money. It's just a hobby. And, you know, when we diminish it like that, it's just like we take away power from what it Mm -hmm. can actually become because we don't believe in it enough. So I've begun to do that as well. And the more we lead with it, the more we remind ourselves, it's like, oh, that's the thing I care about. That's the thing I'm giving all my free time to. That's the thing that I want to make money doing in the future. And that's what I want people to know me as and that's when opportunities open up because then people know that's what you do. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it's interesting that both of our boyfriends,
1: good boyfriends, yeah. called us out on that. But I'm wondering if, I don't know, this isn't something I've, I've talked to Nick about, but he's also, he's a photographer, but he was a barista for a while before he was doing that full time. And I wonder like when people asked him what he did, if he was like, oh, I work at a coffee shop or, if, or maybe it's like something that is a... Thing that
0: we do as women. Of, it could possibly be. I'm not sure, but it is interesting that both mm-hmm. of them pointed that out and led with that. Yeah, and I think it's interesting to do both things.
1: Lead with what you want to be doing and then also what I found myself doing the last couple of years is like also saying I have a full-time job and also talking about that in the podcast because I don't want people to think that this is the only thing that I do because it's not. And I've looked at so many other people and been like, Oh my God, I can't believe that they can do that. And how do they support themselves? But we just, a lot of times we don't talk about it. You don't know the full story. You don't know, like maybe someone's supported by their parents, or maybe they're supported by the spouse, or maybe they, you know, do have a full time job, or we just don't know what we don't know. And if we're not telling the full story, which social media isn't usually the full story, nope, it not. makes the comparison thing worse. Yes. So, yeah.
0: I absolutely agree with that. That's something I I try to bring about in my podcast, where it's like, I just want to be transparent about Mm -hmm. what this means. What does it mean to chase your dreams? What does it mean to actually do this thing? And that's such an important component of this because let's say there is somebody out there who wants to do a podcast and they're like, oh, well, I've been doing it as long as Katie's been doing it. And, you know, like I don't, you know, I don't make as much money as she does, assuming that you only have your podcast going and they start to compare and then they start to think that they're not worthy and that they're doing a terrible job. And it's like, oh, like Katie was working a full-time job. I'm working a full-time job. Mm -hmm. I'm doing all these different things because that's what supports my life. Yeah. And the moment we open that up, it just makes people feel less shitty.
1: (laughs) I know, I know. Transparency is the only thing we have to make us feel like we can actually connect with people. And you talk about embracing vulnerability in your work. How did you get or have you always been? How have you been comfortable being so vulnerable in your work and being transparent with everything that you're doing? Have you always been this way?
0: Has it been a process? Mm, I think it's always been something that I wanted to embody. I felt like it was something that I wanted other people to do for me and like I wanted people to open up space for me and be vulnerable before I could be vulnerable and then I realized that I could just do it for myself and that could open up space for other people and make them feel more comfortable and the more vulnerable I've become with my writing and just how I greet people or like how I interact in conversations or whatever the more comfortable I feel in my own skin and the more I don't know the more real I feel and yeah. at the end of the day we're all having a human experience and every single day is different. And I just don't find the need to pretend to be somebody that I'm not given that there's so many people who are just like me, who are moving around thinking that they have to pretend. And like that is part of what makes us feel really bad. Sometimes Is like, I don't know if anybody else is going through this. I don't know if I'm alone. I don't know if something's wrong with me and chances are, no, nothing's wrong with you somebody next to you is probably going through the same thing, but unless somebody says something first, then nobody will know that it's a common thread. And that common thread is what brings us all together. And that's what opens up conversations. And that's what builds friendships. Mm -hmm. It's like the moment you open up, it's like, it's like a portal opens up and it's just, that's it. It's, it's an instant connection that you have with somebody else that wouldn't have happened unless somebody just said the truth. And I feel like for so long I was kind of hidden and I, I, pretended to be somebody who I wasn't, like, I don't know, growing up in Miami, it's, it's an interesting culture where, you know, perfection is a real thing. And everybody's aiming to just be that ideal person physically and spiritually. Also, there's like a huge spiritual community there that is just like, kind of, I mean, whatever, but you know, everybody's just trying to be perfect. Everybody's just trying to put on this facade as if they're not human. And it was something that really began to eat away at me. And I didn't realize that until I left it. Yeah. And when I got here, I was like, I'm actually not going to do that anymore. I'm like making a decision to just be myself. I'm starting brand new here. And that is the way that I want to interact with people here. If I'm going to make friends here, I want them to know that this is who I am. I don't want to lie. Yeah. And that's the way that I've been able to meet so many people here as quickly as I have. Because they see me for who I am. And they're like, oh, she's not trying to make me feel less than her or something or it's just like whole element is removed and you're making real connections because
1: I believe we all want to be seen for who we are and loved for who we are so if you're and I used to do this too and I still do it from time to time because it's so ingrained but when we wear masks or we try to be something that we think other people want us to be then we are loved for that and that doesn't feel good right and yeah it's really cool that you I saw in one of your videos speaking of vulnerability and embracing who you really are that you somewhat recently i think started embracing your natural hair which is beautiful this is not a visual presentation Mm -hmm. can you talk about that experience
0: and what that was like for you yeah that's a really good question so dominican culture shames natural hair and it's really interesting because the majority of dominican population is afro-descendant but We have a pretty brutal history of racism and a lot of people have internalized that message. So they straighten their hair. Dominican women in particular are known for like their beautiful blowouts because they're able to turn really, really curly hair into pin straight hair. And it's a way of masking who they really are. Right. And so I grew up relaxing my hair. My hair was always straight. I didn't look like this. Because that's what my culture taught me. That's what was the norm, you know, and at the age of 17, I got a relaxer that burned my scalp. It was terrible. Like this lady left it on for way too long. And I don't know why my mom didn't sue the salon, but it was pretty bad. But at that moment, I was just like, this can't be worth it. This can't be worth it. Like whatever my hair looks like naturally cannot be so ugly that I'm going to subject myself to this. So I made a decision to stop doing it and I just let my curls come out. And it was an interesting process because I didn't know what my curls looked like until mm-hmm. that point. So for 17 years, I didn't know what my hair looked like. So I was learning how to take care of my hair. I was learning to identify with this pattern and this texture and looking at myself in the mirror and thinking I was beautiful and not identifying with straight hair. And it was it was like I was reclaiming myself. And it was super empowering. And in a lot of ways, a lot of my family is looking at me like, hmm, well, she can do that. And at first they weren't really happy yeah. that I was doing it. They were just like, oh, why are you doing it? You don't look as pretty. And I kind of had to just like go of those comments and understand that it was coming from a place of just internal, internalized racism, really. And just like them not appreciating that this is how we look. But once they actually saw that years pass by and I, I stuck to it and they were just like, okay, she's confident. She's beautiful. Actually. She's not ugly. I think I'm going to do this too. And then I would start getting messages like, Hey, how do I do this? How do I do that? And it was really cool to see that it kind of spread, but it was difficult at first because even within the culture, it's like starting to kind of emerge, but it's still very taboo to like, let your hair be how it is. Yeah. So it's kind of like a statement. It's almost like a, a rebellious move and it's, shouldn't be, it's just who we are, but that's what it kind of has embodied within, within Dominican Republic. So I don't know. I'd like to think that I'm trying to just like show women within the community that it's okay to just be who you are. That inspires me so much.
1: And I think it kind of speaks to what we were talking about before with your our parents wanting us to be, or family wanting us to be safe before love mm. or before happy. And I think maybe on some level they were, what they had internalized, they were worried for you or thought it would be easier for you to Absolutely. keep doing what you've been doing or what they've known, but you're able to be an expander for them to show them what's possible. Yeah. And and that's, that's so cool. I mean, I have totally different hair texture, but I've been... Not to make this about me, but very quickly, I will just say I also straightened my hair forever and was addicted to it. And this summer, I was just like, I can't keep doing it. It's too humid and just started to wear my hair curly. And it's liberating, but it's also a process if you've been doing it for a while because heat damage and all of the things that we do to ourselves. And as women, you know, it was kind of the same thing for my body image as well of like, okay, being a woman is really fun and I like makeup and I like painting my nails and I like dressing up and doing those things sometimes and that's fine and that is a standard of beauty and that is conditioning and that is cultural, but it's not really harming anything and I feel good when I do it. So I'm going to participate in that, but I will not participate in things that are essentially self-harming, like yeah. dieting and diet culture or manipulating my body on the basis of size and weight mm-hmm. because of the way that our society is set up. So anyway, it, it just kind of spoke to me about that. And that's something we always talk about on this podcast is about bodies and body image and just being a woman in the world. And I would love to hear where you are with that. Talk about your relationship with your physical body and how you move through the world and how it's evolved?
0: So I think up until the past year, I didn't realize that I'd struggled with body dysmorphia growing up. It's also not something that the Latino community talks about at all. Like, it's not a thing. But I grew up amongst a lot of girls who didn't look like me. And I, you know, developed a lot earlier than a lot of the girls that I was around. And I was a dancer. And within dancing, and, you know, once you kind of get into it, seriously it's like and if you're attending competitions and you're wearing certain costumes they expect you to look a certain way so i vividly remember being shamed by some of my teachers like in front of my team in front of people and like just like staying quiet but you know, i was like 14 15 oh and kind of just like internalizing that message like oh, okay i'm fat oh, okay uh-huh. i need to go do this and i mean i look at i look back at pictures i'm like oh my god i wasn't i was like so young and i was so impressionable like how could somebody have said that to me And so I was running all the time to try to fit in certain pants. I was taking pills behind my mother's back. I was around a lot of girls who were struggling with body image as well. So like we would spend a lot of time just shaming ourselves and like talking about all the things we wanted to fix. And that inner dialogue kind of just like began to solidify of like, oh, like you should change this. Oh, look at this. Oh, look at that. And it wasn't until the past year, I was just like, wait, this is actually really toxic and it's not good for me. And this is taking up way too much time. And I wasn't born to be this way. Like I wasn't born to sit here and waste time hating myself. Like that's not why I came here. I need to do something about this. And I didn't have the language for it. I didn't know that it was body dysmorphia because it sounds so serious, but it actually was serious. And I just didn't realize that the way that I was acting, the way that I was talking to myself wasn't normal. I thought everybody talked like that. Which is sad that we live in
1: a world that most people do, most women do, but it isn't normal. You're
0: right. It's not. And it wasn't until I realized that this isn't normal where I'm able to look at my family and like, look at the way that the women in my family talk about themselves. I'm like, oh my God, you guys are going through your own battles. It's, it's sad to witness, but you know, we all have to go on our journeys when we do. And over the past year, I've intentionally not weighed myself. I've intentionally not looked at food as being something that I can punish myself with. If I have something today, I don't have to, you know, restrict myself for the next two weeks because I had that thing today. And just like, look at food as nourishment and look at it as like a blessing that I even have access to food, you know, like completely reframe every aspect of all of this. And, you know, it's been really helpful to just surround myself with women who are also just like not in the business of, hating themselves. And that's obviously difficult to come across because there unfortunately are a lot of women who are going through their own journeys of trying to love themselves. But even when I hear women say like, oh my gosh, I ate this bagel today. I need to go run five miles when I get off. being I mean like, okay, that message is not for you. Like you ate a bagel today. You don't have to go run five miles if you don't want to run five miles. If you want to go run five miles because you want to be healthy and you want to just challenge yourself, go for it. But don't use exercise as a punishment for just living your life and that has been so beautiful i'm living life completely different now and i didn't know i could live life like this i didn't know that if i lived life like this i wouldn't think i was ugly because you know like my body has changed and i'm still like just looking at myself every day and being like okay you look different than how you used to look but you are still worthy of love and you're beautiful and just reminding myself of that every single day has made the world of a difference Mm. I love all of that so much. You talk about being
1: a millennial and identifying with that. And I just kind of want to talk about this generation, our generation. I'm a bit older than you. But what makes you proud to be a millennial? And what makes you not proud or
0: embarrassed of this generation? Well, so I guess I'll start off with the latter so okay. the one thing about our generation is that I think we do expect things to come pretty quick. And I think it has a lot to do with you know the false representation of what it means to actually be patient and go through the process of creating things because of social media and because the internet makes everything seem like it can happen right now. And that has completely distorted our perception of how the real world works. So that's one thing that I think previous generations didn't embody. Like they knew that you had to put in years of work to get X or whatever. So that's one thing that I'm really trying to kind of change and bring awareness to is just like, Hey, it's okay to have to put in years. Like it's, you're not missing out. It's going to feel so much better. Once you attain the thing you want, you're not behind. It's okay. But the one thing, or not just one thing, but a lot of what (laughs) this generation represents to me is change, progressiveness, and, Unlimited potential. I really do think that the millennial generation is setting the tone for limitless possibilities to be great, to do the things you want to do, to be embracing of all different types of people. Obviously, that's not everybody. There are people who are still kind of living in a world that isn't as progressive, but I think for a lot of us, we're trying to move the needle forward and trying to make up for a lot of things that weren't implemented in the past and using the internet and f- all of this for what it's worth and like really really trying to make a change and trying to connect and collaborate and create all the things that are going to make our world better. I I want to tap into that energy and I think that the more that we talk about it and the more that we celebrate that the more people that are a part of this generation or whatever generation you don't have to be a millennial to like tap into that energy but the more I think people will be like oh yeah I do have that thing I want to do I do have that thing that I think will make the world a little better why not do it look at this 21 year old who just built this thing like they didn't say no to themselves they didn't make up an excuse like they used whatever tools and resources they had and they made it come to life and that's something that I think is so abundant and that is so beautiful and that gives me so much hope. Like we can turn on the news these days and be really thrown off at some of the things that we see. But if we tap into the people, the real people that we meet every single day who are making things happen, it really can just make you feel like nothing is off the table. You can absolutely do whatever you want. And that makes me really proud to be part of this generation. I'm, I'm like (laughs) excited to like live life and get older because if this is what it's like right now, I can't imagine what it's going to be like in 40 years. Well I think about
1: The generation below us I don't know what they're called I think they're like Gen Z They're so cool
0: They are very cool
1: They're really cool And they are When they're in charge There's Everything's gonna be okay (laughs)
0: Yes But we have to set the stage Yeah We have to like Open up the space for them And just let them know like Hey like We're paving the way for you To just like run You (laughs) know like You won't have to like Go through these hurdles Like we're gonna clear it all out for you Yeah
1: Over here at Let It Out, we are on the go, and that's why we love Care-of Vitamins, one of the reasons. Care-of is a monthly subscription vitamin service made from effective, quality ingredients personally tailored to your exact needs. Here's a big reason why I love them. They have a quiz that you go to their website and take. It's fun, it's online, it asks you questions about your health goals, your lifestyle choices, how often you're going to the bathroom, how much you're sleeping. It takes about five minutes, but it reminds me of the quizzes I would take in like Seventeen Magazine. And I love me a good personality quiz or a health quiz. 90% of people fall short of the FDA's recommended guidelines for at least one vitamin or nutrient. And Care/of's quiz can help you identify the vitamins you need to get back on track with feeling your best. I love them. They're delivered right to my door in these easy to remember very beautiful packaging personalized containers these daily packs and a new thing that they're doing or new to me is that a portion of every sale goes towards the good foundation which provides expectant mothers in need a valuable prenatal vitamin they also have a new delicious nutrient packed quick stick powder that can be added to your monthly delivery for an extra easy boost whenever you need it very cool Again, I love using them. I always toss them in my bags so I can remember to actually take my vitamins during the day. And they're great for travel. And I've actually saved money using Care-of than I would have used buying all the supplements that I needed to take. And here's another update. I have taken the quiz again. And I highly recommend, you know, if you've been on Care-of for a while, take the quiz again and see where you are today because I've completely changed out some of the vitamins that I've been taking over the time that I've been using them. So if you wanna try them out for 25% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins, visit TakeCareOf.com and enter the code Katie at checkout. That's K-A-T-I-E, my name at checkout. Again, for 25% off your first month of personalized Care of Vitamins, visit TakeCareOf.com and enter the code Katie at checkout. I discovered a new brand recently that I'm loving and I want to tell you guys about, and I'm so excited that they're supporting today's episode. They're called Organifi. That's Organifi with an I, not a Y. They have just a few products, but the few products that they have, they do really well. Let me just tell you about what I'm loving. They're probiotic. It's amazing for my digestive health. (laughs) You maybe know that there's a connection with our head and our gut And when things are running smoothly for me, if you know what I mean, everything feels better in my life. I've been taking their probiotics and they are a very potent probiotic with 10 strains. They're easy to take capsules with the highest quality ingredients. Everything is potent and gives you a generous amount of beneficial bacteria. And it's super easy to remember to take in my busy lifestyle. I love their probiotics and also their red and green juices. It's 100% organic and easy to take while I'm on the road and costs a lot less money than buying a green juice. It ends up being about $2 to $3 per juice. And they also have a gold tonic that's an anti-inflammatory turmeric situation, which let me tell you is a lovely blended up with some coconut oil and some Macadamia nut milk and some extra cinnamon—it's a delight. Check out Organifi—that's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, not a Y an I, dot com. and I—dot com—and make sure you use the code "Let It Out" to receive twenty percent off your order. That's using the code "Let It Out" to receive twenty percent off your order. Well, let's talk about social media technology, our relationships with our phone.
0: How do you handle all of that? Cause it's a lot. It is a lot. Oh my God. It's a question that like a lot of my friends bring up a lot because we're all just trying to make sense of it together. Yeah. And none of us seem to have figured it out. Everybody's just like, hey, so I need Instagram because I need to put on my work, but I'm sucked into this app all the time. Or, you know, whatever apps it is that people use these days. It's really, like, let, can we stick on Instagram just for a quick second? Yes. What
1: is it? Like, it's like, <laughs> I don't feel that way about Facebook. Yeah, I, don't, I don't get on Facebook at all, except for the group for this podcast, which mm-hmm. I enjoy. That's literally the only reason I get on Facebook. And... There's nothing. I was just talking to someone about this. There's nothing wrong. I've been saying that on the podcast that the only reason I get on Facebook is for this group. Mm -hmm. And I want to make it clear that I don't think it's wrong to be on Facebook or bad. I just don't really get on that much. And I'm not like proud of that. I'm not like tooting my own horn because I make up for it by overdoing it on Instagram. Somebody told me that. I mean, the app is designed to do this to us. Suck you in. And it does. And it's 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 so interesting. But like you said, it we need it and we like it sometimes, but sometimes it makes us feel bad. It's it's such an interesting thing. And just think like five years ago, it just wasn't, I mean, I guess it was around, but it was so new. And 10 years ago, it wasn't around. We didn't have We didn't know what people were having for breakfast to be able to compare ourselves or what people were wearing. Or I even think about it when I get dressed, I'm like, I want to wear that today, but I I wore that in the picture. (laughs) So like, it's so in my mind and I don't like what it's doing to me.
0: Yeah. It's like, I sometimes feel like I'm out of control. Like I'm in it and I can't stop. And that's so scary. It's like, okay, now we have the explore page and the Instagram stories and the this and that. It's like, oh my gosh, there's so many elements that just like keep you trapped. I once heard this thing that somebody said like 30% of people on Instagram are content creators and 70 percent are consumers so i'd like to think like i want to flip it and be like oh i want to be part of 30 percent that's like just putting stuff out so i'm trying to frame it like if i'm gonna get on instagram it's because i'm about to create something and entertain somebody with something and at the very least give them something that's gonna make their day better because they're already on it like i might as well give them a message that's gonna make them feel better but I often feel like I'm just like part of the 70% that's just like scrolling, like just consuming, you know, internalizing all these messages. I do this thing where I just delete the app every single day.
1: I need to start doing that. There's an app that we've been working with on the podcast called Lil Space that tracks your time offline and then donates money to a cause. It's very cool. Hmm. We have a let it out group. You should join with us. Yes, But it's interesting because I, I love that. 30, 70%, I will go on trying to be in the 30% and I will do that. But then after I've done the creating, I do something called like the checking. But then that's just in the 70%. Yeah. You know, it's like I can't really put something out there and not check the likes yeah. and check the comments. And I want to engage with the comments. And then you it's not even so much I'm comparing myself to other people. I'm comparing my content to itself. And my friend who is also going to do the podcast, Marley wrote this great zine. I have it in my room. I'll show you right after this. It's called how a photo sharing app made me friends, started my business Something else and made me want to die <laughs> like yeah. all the things. Yeah. and it's one of those things that the title's so good, but the zine is actually so great as well. Mm-hmm. But she talks about how it's designed to mate right now with a new algorithm. Her photos, she has a ton of followers, but one was getting like two hundred likes, another one would get like three thousand. and they and she, of course, is comparing the content with each other and it was like very similar content. but what they do is, Every few photos get, it's rigged, how it will be seen. So how many likes it will get. So do you find that? Like how one photo will get like extremely a lot more than another. And there's kind of no rhyme or reason to it. Yeah. All the time. I'm just like... And then you start comparing.
0: Yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, do I need to do this more or whatever? And it's like, no, you're actually doing the same thing. And I refuse. Like when that happens, I'm like, no, I'm not going to like, you know, hate myself for this. Like I'm just going to get off of it and just let Instagram do its thing. Like whatever. I'm not going to lose my place in the world because I didn't get X amount of likes. Like, it's okay. Get off and don't hate yourself for it. Because I think like what I used to do before was like subconsciously, of course, like, oh my God, I didn't get enough likes on that. Why? Like my ugly zoom into the photo. Like what's wrong with this photo? Like, what did I say? You know, what what time did I post it? Is it something, whatever. It's like you start compartmentalizing it or you're just like trying to make sense of something that really doesn't make sense because it's like, it's the algorithm. It has nothing to do with you. But once I started divesting too much energy into it, I had to sit down with myself and say, this is actually not good for me. I could be using all this time to call my mom or to FaceTime my sister or to like go write or, you know, hang out with my friends. This is not okay. So that's really important to just like realize that, If something's going on and like people aren't liking your photos or whatever, it's like really not the end of the world. And if people are basing the quality of your personality or your character on how many likes you have, those are not the kind of people you want in your life. Totally. Truly, they're not the kind of people you want in your life. I meet people every day that are amazing that have no social media. Same. And I'm like, ah, this exists. Yeah. You know, like I don't have to like check out your online profile to like validate you. Yes.
1: So, it's okay. Like it's so refreshing. It's so refreshing. It's like the sexiest thing to me.
0: Yes, <laughs> me too. My boyfriend doesn't even have an Instagram. He has like a an Instagram that's like for quotes and stuff and I'm like, yeah. Do that. Go spread wisdom because it's like you don't have to find validation through Instagram if you don't, you know, if you don't want to engage in that way, you don't have to. But like I think so many of us like don't know how to separate ourselves from it. Because it's like we meet somebody and it's like, oh, like, what's your social media? And I've interacted with people who treat me completely different after they follow me than they do before they see me online, which is a weird thing. I don't know what happens there, but people tend to base you and how they should treat you on your social media and I think it's such BS. It really is. We should not fall into that at all. Like, we cannot do that to ourselves because that's when like, humanity will begin to shift in a way that I don't think is healthy. Did you see that Black Mirror episode? Yes. 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 That's exactly the thing. Like, can we not do that? Like, can we please try our best (sighs) to not be that?
1: I know. I know. I think, I think, and I want to know what you think, I feel like it's shifting. I feel like the generation below us and Younger millennials find most that I meet find social media so uncool. Like I, I've been when I'm around my friends and we're at a concert or we're doing something fun, and I, I have the urge to pull out my phone, and it's mostly because I'm insta storing when I'm bored or I'm alone. So I'm like, I might as well do it when I'm doing something somewhat interesting, yeah. you know, <laughs> like give the people something interesting to look at. Yeah. But then. I feel embarrassed. Like, I feel embarrassed pulling out my phone. And I'm like, that's so uncool to want to be on my phone because the, that's the people I'm surrounding myself with is they don't want to do that, which is great. Yeah. And so it's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. It's just an interesting thing of like knowing that this app is designed to make us want more and to make us... I never used to check the likes or check the, any of that. And I think having a full-time job kind of helped because and just doing so much. I was like, I literally didn't have time all day. I couldn't be on it. So I would maybe put something out in the morning and I wouldn't check it until the next day. And then when more recently, when I started to just notice that one photo would get an absurdly different amount of likes than the other, that's when I, I, before I knew that that was an Instagram thing, I was just like, wait, what's happening? Did I offend someone with this or is this offensive or did I is this not inclusive is this bad did I say something is there a typo you know like (laughs) I felt like I needed to go on more to check my work because it wasn't being validated and then now I'm finally just like trying to not feel like I need the validation from it Mm -hmm. but I don't know it's interesting and then there's like certain people that I care that see it like certain people I'm very into that I'm like oh, I respect them so much or I want them to see what I'm doing or I want them to be proud of me or I don't know. It's it's just so interesting how it gets so deeply caught in our minds.
0: Yeah, it's like so convoluted. I try to make sense of it, but like I'm realizing there is actually no, I don't think there's a science to this. Like there's a science in terms of the app, but the way that humans interact with this is so new. Like we don't know what the impact of this is going to be until we have years that the data has shown us what it leads to. And I'm just, I'm kind of finding myself in places like you where like, I'm around people who don't like to be on their phone too much. So I don't take out my phone a lot and I'm like, Hey, I'm actually present and that's cool. Or I'm with people who are like, Hey, let's take out our phone right now. Do what we have to do and then put it away. Mm-hmm. Because again, if you are somebody who's trying to, you know, entertain and create content and stuff, like, you got to do it sometimes, but there's a time and place for it. So structure the time, like we're going to do this and that's it. Yeah. Close your phone and then let's be here. Yeah. And that's the separation that I think if we're going to engage on social media, like at the very least, let's make it work in our favor and not let it control us. Yeah. Two things that I think have helped me with this are
1: saving stories, like not putting the story up in the moment of like doing it quickly and then saving it for later because it's nice to prolong the moment. If I'm somewhere really fun, I can later put it up and decorate it and add the filters or whatever i want to do and it's fun for me to relive it in that way and then also relive it when i get to share it with people and my mom gets to see it and it's it's lovely and i I like that that i like at its best it's a scrapbook of my life you know and that's great and then also setting a timer for when i'm about to be on my phone that has been helpful oh
0: that's a good one because
1: then Sometimes I just was so uncertain or it was just I would get on there and I wouldn't even know how long I was on there And it had mm-hmm. been an hour it had been 20 minutes and I was expecting to go on and do one thing. Yeah And that was really embarrassing good. and mm-hmm. anyway, that's a good hack though. I'm gonna start doing that. Yeah when you came in here, you were telling me about creating IRL relationships offline and yeah. one of the best things I think social media can do is help people meet each other and connect but it doesn't to me it, it doesn't really feel I've met wonderful people on the internet but it really doesn't feel real until I meet them in person. And I want you to talk about building authentic relationships and what that means to you.
0: So, going back to making this app work, well, Instagram in particular. Yeah. Making this app work for us, I think I think Instagram is a great place to meet people and to like, you know, parse out who's into what we're into, you know, based on bios or hashtags or whatever. But I think an important thing to do is just like if you find somebody that you like and that is in your city, because a lot of people that follow me and follow you like don't live in New York, let's say. So obviously they can't meet up with us. But if there's somebody that's in your city that you like, interact with them online and immediately just say, hey, when can we meet up? Yeah. like Make it intentional. Like, again, make it work for you.
1: That's what I did to you.
0: Yeah, (laughs) exactly. We like here we are. And Instagram obviously connected us in the wing, too. (laughs) Yeah. We also met in
1: person. Yeah.
0: But it's one of those things where it's like you have to be intentional about it. Like, Are you living a life to just have digital friends? Can you really send somebody's energy through the phone? Can you have beautiful conversations through DM? all the time. No, like you can send nice messages, but you can't look into somebody's eyes through your phone. You can't have lunch over the phone. You can't be there for somebody over the phone in that way. So I think like being intentional about just like bringing it into a real life setting is the most important thing that we can do because it recharges us and it takes us away from the app and it takes us away from the thing that is not real and it brings it back into the present moment. And so I started the Goddess Council, which is like an all women's group that's just like I started it really it was just like I woke up one morning and I was like I want to connect with women deeply so I just like sat on my computer for like two hours and I just like started typing away wrote out the mission like what is it that I want out of this who do I want to connect with mind you I had nobody to like join or whatever I was just like oh I'm just gonna throw it out into the universe I'm tired of just having relationships online there are plenty of women that I know are beautiful and have a lot to say and I want to meet them somehow some way threw it out into the universe And there were people that were following me online that were like, this is what I've been looking for. I've just been wanting the opportunity to meet people in real life, but like I didn't have the place to go. And then I realized in that moment that it was like, oh, there's actually a lot of people who want to meet up in real life. It's just like, how do you start that conversation? Hey, um, I know we've been following each other for a while, but I'm kind of tired of just like liking your photos and commenting. Can I see you in person? Like a lot of people don't do that, but that's really all it takes is just to say, I would love to connect in real life. Yeah. That's what I want from you. I want to recharge. I want to smile. I want to laugh with you. And it makes the world of a difference. Once you're with a group of people or one person and you get to talk and you get to do all those things, it's like, again, it's like part of the human experience and you feel something that you cannot get over the phone. And I think it's like something you have to gift yourself. Like you are worth that interaction. You are worth that exchange, that energy exchange. It's just the most beautiful thing. And when we don't allow ourselves to experience that, we're like completely removing a whole beautiful element of this life that I'm unfortunately feeling like social media is taking from us. So it's like, we have to take that back and we have to make sure that we remember what's important and that's being there for each other and showing up. And so that's why I think it's like really, yeah. really important that we do that. The goddess council is so cool. And I feel like it can be a
1: example of something that anyone could do in their city absolutely what was the process of starting that like for you
0: honestly i just created a deck and i started an instagram a private instagram which honestly i'm trying to find a way to like connect with people not through the app but more so like through email and and like through a whatsapp chat Mm -hmm. so that they don't have to go to instagram to find out what's going on or to connect with people because then that's part of the problem right always having to go to instagram to figure out what's going on i just threw it out there i put it on instagram and then once i got on Instagram, I was like, okay, send me your info. And then I removed it from Instagram and I put it on WhatsApp and email and all of that stuff. And that's how we're connecting. So part of the the goal of this is to like eventually create chapters or like just inspire women to Great. like run with it and do this exact same thing in their city because it's not that hard. You yeah. just have to throw out the bat signal and be like, hey, there's this thing going on over here. Like, do you want to come? That's and just so be cool. open to like meeting people that you haven't interacted with in real life like open your doors I host in my apartment and there's some people who I don't know that come through but I'm assuming that if you're coming to this event Mm -hmm. it's because you're looking for the same thing that I'm looking for and you're not going to be weird and you're going to be open-minded and you're going to be receptive to all the different types of people that are coming to so just do it like really just do it if people want to find out
1: more about it's on your website, right? And we'll have the link in the show notes.
0: Yeah. Or you can just go to goddess.counsel okay. on Instagram and you can just request to be accepted in and I'll accept you immediately. And then you can just DM or you can just like message me on Instagram yeah. or email me and okay. I'll send you all the info if you want.
1: Great. I'm going to do that yeah. after this. You have an amazing podcast, Chats with Cat. Why did you want to use this, this medium? And it, your podcast... Tell everyone what it's about. And I know it's centered around the nuances of Afro-Latina identity, right?
0: So that's going to be the second oh, that's your, show. Oh, that's the new show cool. that I haven't put out, but it, that's going to be like another passion project is like putting out a second show, exploring the nuances of what it means to be part of the Afro-Latinx community because not enough people talk about it. But Chats with Cat, I started a few months after I moved here and it came from a place of having people back home Thinking that I was in New York, you know, doing all the things and like everything was beautiful because, you know, obviously it sounds super romantic. Like, oh, wow, like she's going over there to chase her dreams. She's probably like living the life and trying to be transparent about the fact that it was not all cookie cutter beautiful. I was going through a lot of motions. I was going through trying to figure out who I was in this big city making sense of why I came here, what it was that I loved, how I was going to put myself out there. And I wanted to be transparent about that. There was something deeply important about breaking that barrier of like showing people what it's really like to be unapologetic about what you want, but also completely realistic about what comes with it. And so after that, I realized that there's a completely different component, which is interviewing people and like chatting about it because We're in New York City. Like most of the people who are here are also trying to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Everybody's trying to do something important. And I wanted to just show people like, hey, no matter what industry you're in, this woman did that. This person did that. Everybody still had to go through their rough patches. Everybody still had to like go through their learning curves and they still didn't give up. And that's part of the process. Going back to that idea of like everything being very fast and easy to attain, I wanted to create that transparency about the fact that like it's not going to be easy, it's not going to happen overnight, but it's still worth it. Mm -hmm. It's still worth trying. It is still worth believing in yourself. But I think that part of the reason a lot of people are hesitant to chase their dreams is because... If it's not perfect, they think that they're doing it the wrong way or that it's bad. And it's not that. It's like, that is just literally how it goes. Yeah. So let's talk about the fact that we're all going to go through this. Let's go through it together. And let, let me try to interview people that are going to give you some hacks so that maybe you don't have to go through this one process too long. But take away the shame and the taboo about like messing up and going through your ups totally. and downs. Totally. Yeah. And that's essentially the goal behind Chats with Kat is to like, just be vulnerable about like figuring it out.
1: And it's so good and so well produced and I love how you organize it and edit it. I listened to the one with your boyfriend. The and one that I put out this week? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. It was it was so good. And I loved how you parsed out the information that he was saying. And inspiring guy. How
0: did you guys meet? Oh my God. We met on vacation. Where were you? In Jamaica. Oh my God. Yeah. So like I was there. <laughs> it's so funny. So I was there on a family vacation. My aunt was actually getting married on the resort. And then he was there on family vacation as well. And there was like, a, I think a hundred, 111 of us on the resort and they were, his family was there a few days before mine and they were kind of mingling. Like my extended family was already on the resort. They were kind of hanging out in the pool. So like by the time that my parents and I got there, his family already knew some of the people that my family was like involved with. So we ended up just like catching up and talking, like really connecting over my writing. And he quit his job a few years ago. He was working for a firm and he realized like, that's not what he wanted to do with his life. And so like, we just really connected about trying to find out like what our life's calling was and just trying to make sense of what this whole journey is, you know, and that was really special. And so I was living in Miami and he was living in Atlanta at the time. So we decided to start dating long distance and it's been two years since we met and he lives in New York now part-time And in Pennsylvania as well. So, we are just, you know, two people trying to make sense of our passions and our dreams and building things while also respecting that love is an important element to all of this and being there for each other and like trying to learn as much as we can for ourselves, but also so that we can share it amongst each other and just like, just make all of this. As beautiful as possible. Yeah.
1: What's your greatest lesson on dating, romantic relationships, all of that?
0: So I think there's something really beautiful about not being possessive about each other, about allowing each other to have the space to grow and to do what we love to do without feeling guilty. And we were long distance, obviously, at the very beginning. So like it was almost forced upon us or it was like we were flying to each other every month and seeing each other. So like we had no choice but to give each other space. But even now when we have more time to be together, I still let him or not let him, but like just, I'm not upset when he wants to go and do things because I understand like he needs to be his own person and he needs to go out and do the things he wants to do. And the same goes for me. So there's something really, really important about like allowing each other to flourish within our own dynamic within our own circles and like coming together when it feels right. Because when we start to like restrict ourselves is when we become resentful. And when we feel like we're missing out on something or we're like sacrificing something we love for somebody that we love. And like, you don't have to do that. You can absolutely have your dreams and and you can do the thing that you love while also having somebody that will support you in that. But it's just, you know, it's important to find somebody who has something that they are trying to work towards And to me, like the most important thing was realizing that that was like a non-negotiable thing. I want to meet somebody that has something going on for themselves so that they understand the importance of me trying to do something for myself. And I don't have to explain the feeling because they know the feeling. And because of that, I think we're like much better partners for each other because we're not losing ourselves completely, you know?
1: Yeah. So well said. You articulated that beautifully, I want to go back. I got confused looking at my notes because I know what Chats with cat is. Mm -hmm. But I want to talk about the new podcast. So when will that be out? What is... Talk about that a
0: bit. So that podcast... A lot of people say like your mess is your message. So going back to like even embracing my natural hair and like growing up within a culture that like negates blackness. And we are black, which is... It's counterintuitive, but like how can we be the thing that we hate? So... I want to open up dialogue around all of that because within the Latino community, I think the media has done a terrible job at being transparent about the different shades that we come in, the history that we share, the unfortunate genocides that have gone on in different countries and the, you know, the terrible aspects that have gone on in history because of this anti-blackness and this denial of blackness that is real. It's not something that is a lie. Like, If you go to Dominican Republic or you go to any of the islands, if you go to like Peru or Mexico or anything, like there are black people there. And why don't we ever hear about them? Why? Why is it that their stories are hidden? And for me, growing up, I didn't really have many Afro Latinos around me. So like I was around a lot of white passing Latinos. And to them, I was not Latina because I was not white. And I grew up feeling this confusion like, well, I know I'm Latina because... I am Latina. Like, I listen to salsa merengue and, like, look at the food I eat. And my grandma only speaks Spanish. And, like, I am Dominican. Like, I know it, but why don't you guys believe me? So, that was a really weird thing to kind of always be questioned. And once I got older, I realized, like, oh, there's like an entire community out there that understands my existence and, like, knows who I am because they are that. And nobody knows that they're there. Nobody knows that they are out there. And, once I got into podcasting and I realized that there's so many stories that can be shared through this medium, I realized that this is one story or like there isn't one story, but this is a narrative and, you know, a completely different message that unfortunately mainstream media like Univision and like any of these like mainstream platforms that are supposed to represent all of us are not doing a great job of doing. I want to like facilitate that conversation. I want to like represent the people who unfortunately just haven't really been deemed to be important enough to be talked about. And I am one of like, I am that yes. I come from that. So I want to open up space for people who look like me, who I relate to. I want to educate and I want to show people that there's a, an entire different story that is never talked about. And, and it's very hurtful to people to be part of this and like never be represented. And I want to provide an outlet where people can feel like some kind of healing and representation is going on because it sucks to not feel like you can ever see yourself. That starts to do something to you psychologically. And I'm in the process of unlearning a lot of that. But what happens to those people who don't have the people in their life to like bring them on that journey? You know, like if they're just stuck in that and they don't know any better and they feel like there is something wrong with them or they feel like they are ugly or they identify with this community but they don't realize like there's a whole other element to their identity which is beautiful and should not be deemed ugly or like not worth embracing so it's going to be a completely different type of show I'm doing a lot of research and it's taking a while to kind of parse through because it is emotional for me I'm learning a lot of things now at 25 that I feel like I should have known when I was younger like why am I learning this now and why did it take me so long to discover it and it's like I'm trying to become more understanding of history and just making sense of it and just saying like, okay, like this is what it is. It's just my turn to uncover it and like bring it about and like not make it so hard for other people to find like you said, for the future generation. Exactly, exactly. So like that little, that 15-year-old girl living in Miami who like doesn't have any girls who look like her can listen to the show and be like, oh my gosh, that's me, you know? Like those are my people, like this is our history. Wow, I didn't know that. And they could take it to their parents and talk about it and kind of start spreading this information so like we can start to change the dialogue around all of this and to create dialogue around this, around this because unfortunately, like, like I said, there's just nothing out there. So I hope to have it out by the fall. I'm like really trying to wrap my head around how I'm going to put this out into the world because it is so important and it is so special that I just want to make sure I do the best job I possibly can. So it's going to be out by this fall. Just, you know, follow me on Instagram and I'll put out announcements on there and keep everybody updated, but it's very special. It means a lot to me.
1: It's so important. And I can just tell, well, First of all, you articulated that so clearly and I can tell your passion for it and how important it is and how you're so aligned that this is like the purpose that you're meant to do. And it's such a cool project and I'm so happy that it's existing and it's really, really
0: cool. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I'll feel a lot better once it's actually out because it's still like, you know, in the research phase, but it will be out this fall and like I really don't know what's gonna come about after that it's one of those things where it's like once I put that out I it's gonna take its own form I don't know what kind of opportunities that will lead to I don't know what kind of discussions I will lead to and I, I don't know how like the community will respond to it but I just know that it's something that I have to do yeah I'm so excited for you and we'll have to do a follow-up
1: to yeah hear about that yes and, yeah Okay, let's do some quick fire questions. Let's do it. Okay. What's the best thing you've eaten in the last week?
0: Ooh, so yesterday at the Goddess Council meetup, one of the girls brought this like amazing shortbread tart. It had like fruit and frosting on top of it. I hadn't had something like that in God knows how long. And that was delicious.
1: That sounds so good. And yeah. like summer refreshing. Yes. What are some
0: of your self-care
1: routines? Maybe Morning and evening routines, first thing you do when you get up in the morning, last thing you do before bed.
0: I light a lot of incense. I sage my apartment all the time. I listen to classical music at night. I don't check my phone. I don't check Instagram or anything for like the first like hour that I'm up. I read when I'm on the train and that's super relaxing for me. I read before I go to sleep. I meditate, which helps me a lot. And I do a lot of facial masks. So, yeah. Beautiful skin. Thank you.
1: Beautiful skin. Thank you. What is your favorite part of your life right now?
0: Oh, My favorite part of my life, I'm just so grateful that I finally feel like I have potential. I feel like I have the potential to do all the things that I want to do with my life. And that is like, I can't explain that further because it's like a feeling in my in my gut that I'm just like, you can wake up today and do all the things that you want to do and whatever it is that you want for your future, like it's on the way. And I've never felt like that before. So it's a really new feeling, but I'm swimming in it. So cool. Greatest lesson on family. One lesson that I've learned is like, I need to take my family for who they are and I cannot change people. And I have to just really see the beautiful aspects of who they are and like, just focus on that and let go of all the other things that don't really matter. So like, Obviously, we can't choose our family like they are in our lives. And as we kind of embody our own personalities and who we are, like, you know, some things will change and we won't see eye to eye on everything, but they are still so beautiful and worth it. And, you know, time is fleeting and we're not going to have everybody around forever. And it's not worth wasting time on the things that we can't change. Like we need to just love them for who they are and like bask in their greatness and their beauty. Greatest lesson on creativity. It's something that we cultivate. It's something that is always evolving. And our intuition is a great indicator of like what we need to be working on. So like tapping into that feeling of like, hmm, there's something else here. Always follow that. Like don't follow trends as much as following what your intuition and your gut is telling you you should be doing. Like that's a sweet spot. Always. Greatest lesson on productivity or productivity tips or hacks. You do so much. Hmm. (sighs) crap i'm like a procrastinator and procrastinating always just pushes it and gets me to commit to things i don't know i really don't have productivity hacks aside from the fact that, like maybe like the last two hours of your day before you go to bed don't use your phone and just commit to like learning something or reading something that i think is a great way to kind of like get your mind going and get some ideas in the works yeah yeah i like that a lot where are you with spirituality, God? What do you think happens when we die? Mm, I think we just take another form. I'm like not afraid of death as much as I am just like sad that I'll make people sad here on earth. But I absolutely know that the universe is like a potent force. There's elements around us all the time that are always trying to conspire in our favor. We just have to like tap into gratitude and remind ourselves that this human experience is sacred. And the more that we tap into that, the more the universe kind of like shows us why we're here. I totally believe in God. I totally believe in like, you know, spirits and channeling our spirit guides and all of like the super woo-woo things. I, I'm, I'm into all of it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, same. Yeah. What are some of your favorite places in New York or things to do in New York?
0: So I love The Wing. The Wing has like done so many things for me in terms of like just feeling like I'm part of a community and also being productive. Like you go to The Wing and you get work done. Yeah, I think it's being around other people getting work done. Yeah, it is completely life-changing. So I love going to The Wing. There's this little Tibetan place in Flatbush. It's called Cafe Tibet that is an amazing restaurant that I love. It's a hole in the wall, super tiny. Let's go. Yes, cash only. Love it. Indian food? it's tibetan tibetan yeah it is just like is it but i mean is it kind of similar yeah to kind Indian of similar food? yeah kind of I similar don't, i don't think i've had tibetan food neither did i up until i went to this place i was just like oh my god and I've, I've taken all my friends there when they come to visit i'm like let's go let's hop on the train it's like one stop away from my apartment and i love going there their chai tea is amazing Ooh. we gotta go i yeah, have to take I you love chai tea so that's a place i love prospect park is amazing what other places do i love in new york Hmm. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. you'll probably think of like four when you leave yeah I know yeah, that's all <gasps> those are the, the two those that I'll just point to those, yeah. those are great okay this is
1: really just the time for you to recommend things on this podcast but I usually frame it as you're trapped on a deserted island and you can bring with you one outfit, what would you wear, a TV show a movie, a
0: book food, podcast music way to recommend things Okay, so in terms of shows, I love Queer Eye. Oh my gosh. Did you watch the first one when it was on? Yeah. Wait, I actually just binged on Netflix. I don't know.
1: Like on Bravo, like years ago. I, I watched know. it when I was a kid with my mom. Really? Yeah, there was like a whole not. Did you know that it's like no. a reboot? Oh, no, yeah. No, I didn't it, know there's that. There's a whole nother like Fab Five that no way. happened, I don't know, maybe like 10, 15 years ago. I watched it when I was like in middle school with my mom on Bravo. Yeah.
0: What? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, give I it a had go. No go. Idea. Mm-hmm. Okay, I need to I need to watch it. Yeah. Okay, so I mean the newer yes. version of that, I love I love 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 Queer Eye. I just love the energy they have. Jonathan is my favorite. But I think that's definitely a great show to watch. It's super inspiring and just like, you know, it just like connects you to people. Very uplifting. Very uplifting, very inspiring. Books. Man, so I just finished reading Celestine Prophecy. I don't know if you've heard of that. Great book. It's a fictional book. It's like based on adventure, but also like it's a very spiritual book that was recommended to me by a guide that I had in India that was like, you need to read the Celestine Prophecy. And I just read it. I just finished it two days ago and I was like, oh my gosh, this is one of the best things I've ever read in my life. And I'm not looking at life the same. You're going to look at your interactions with different people differently. You're going to understand why you meet people the way that you do and understand that nothing is a coincidence or nothing Nothing is f- without a reason. You need to read that like immediately. That book I'm reading, Man's Search for Meaning, which is great. Viktor Frankl, amazing book. I skipped the first half. I really didn't want to read about the terrible things that happened to him in that camp, in the Holocaust camp. In Auschwitz, I did not want to read that. I'm like way too sensitive for it. So I just started reading the half, the second half, which is just like his understanding of like logotherapy and like the meaning of life and the man's search for meaning. That's a great book. Other books that I recommend, obviously Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Be Here Now by Ram Dass is a great book. I don't even know what other books, but like those are really Those are great. Ones. That was good podcasts that you listen to oh tim Ferriss, absolutely love tim ferris the gary v experience like that i don't know if you've been listening to his podcast but like essentially he just like puts his speeches on the podcast but they're really good love his on being with Krista tippet is amazing gotta listen to that so elizabeth gilbert also has a podcast but it like stopped airing like yeah in 2016. magic lessons magic yeah. lessons loved it though so i like you know i've been listening to that. The Read is a really good one. It's like a comedy podcast. Love them. What other ones? The Daily is a good one, just like for news. Love The Daily. Super Soul Sundays, Oprah Super Soul. Those have been really good lately.
1: I mean, they're always good, but I've just been, happened to be binging on them.
0: Yeah, and they have the Masterclass one now.
1: Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, listening to that as well. Yeah, same.
0: Just like, you know, a lot of them.
1: What music are we listening to?
0: I love lo fi hip hop. So lo-fi hip hop has like no words. Oh. And it's cool. just beats and it's low. It's just like therapeutic beats. Is that? Have you ever been to Chill House? No, but I it's probably along the same line. Is it what they're playing in there, maybe? Probably. Okay. It's just like, I don't know. It's just like really mellow beats. And I listen cool. to what I'm reading, when I'm cooking. When I'm saging, like I just have it going on. Yeah. I, I listen to it. I just put it on the speaker when I'm taking a shower. Is there a Spotify playlist? Yes. Okay. It's just, there's one just called LoFi. Okay. And it has, I don't know, like how many thousands of, hundreds of thousands yeah. of people following it. LoFi is the way to go.
1: Great. I just learned a lot of things that I want to have yes. in my life. Food. What food would be your like last meal or something that you wouldn't get sick of?
0: So I don't eat meat, but. Trader Joe's has these like chickenless chicken nuggets that I love. They're like super crispy, and they also have this like chickenless chicken mandarin oh. little morsels that are the most amazing things ever. I love them so much. I could probably eat them way too often, but it's like three dollars at Trader Joe's, and amazing. you can just eat them and be guilt free and be full, and you can do all the things with it. I just sometimes like to make a wrap out of the nuggets. So, like, I'll just put in a wrap with, like, a little barbecue sauce, a little bit of, like, just, like, raw veggies and just, like, go to town. Love that. And avocado toast. Oh. Ezekiel bread with some avocado. God, it's good. Some chia seeds and some garlic powder. So good. So good. This was a delight.
1: I could talk to you forever. Yes, this was great. I had a great time. Did I ring you dry? Is there anything that you wish that I would have asked that you want to talk about the podcast is called Let It Out, anything that you want to let out now?
0: You did a great job at asking me so many things that I care about. I mean, no, I think we we hit everything on the head. I just want everybody to remember that life is great and like everything that they want is worth trying to attain. Like they can do it. They can do all the things that they want. They don't have to limit themselves to anything. I'm in a place in my life where I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing and I'm embracing it. It's okay to not know what you're doing. Same. But just try and yeah. you will see how everything is going to start falling into place. Yeah.
1: So that's it. I have no clue, but I'm I'm okay. And yeah. that's okay. That's
0: yeah. part of the process. And it's beautiful to not know what we're <laughs> yeah. Doing. Yeah. Because once we figure it out, we're like, oh, that's over. Exactly. Now we know.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So I've been ending with something kind of strange maybe but I think you'll be into it it's called let it out so we're gonna let out a deep breath together let's do it so inhale (sighs) feels better right yes yeah call me great (laughs) we did it yeah thank you so much thank you for having me Thank you so much for listening. That was my episode with Kat of Chats with Kat. Definitely check out her podcast. She's great. And if you liked this episode, this chat with Kat, if you will, I think you will probably like some other episodes of mine. Check out my episode with Jessica Murnan, Danielle Laporte, Ashley Ford. I'll link all those three in the show notes, but dive into the archive. I've been doing this podcast for a million years slash since 2013. So there's a very robust archive of over 230 episodes. Check it out. Check out the show notes. We link to everything discussed in this episode. Every book that we mentioned, every podcast that we mentioned, it's all linked in the show notes so you can have it while you're on the go. Thank you so much for listening. Share this with a friend if it resonated with you. Maybe you think that you know someone who would also like it. Send it to them. You can very easily do that on your iTelephone. You just click the three dots in the bottom right corner and maybe leave a review on iTunes if you've been listening for a while. That would be very cool. Subscribe. I think you guys are awesome. Thank you for listening. And next week on the podcast, I have Dr. Robin Burson, who's the founder of Parsley Health. It was a great conversation I recorded at her office here in New York City a couple of weeks ago. I can't wait for you guys to hear that next week. Make sure you're subscribed. And the emoji for this week's episode, it's... I was going to do the cat, but I did that last week with Laura's episode. It's the tulip. Why not? Have we used the tulip? Hopefully not. It's the first one that came to mind. So tweet at cat and me comment on our Instagram, the tulip. It's a pretty flower. It's a spring flower and it's not spring, but you know, we're just going to go with it. All right. Talk to you next week. Bye.